What I'm short on is muscle. Credits can buy muscle. If you know where to look. Hello and welcome to another episode of Never Seen Star Wars. But before today, we'd never seen the book of Boba Fett, chapters four and five, but now we have. Hello, everybody. I'm your host, Trevor Chong. It's so good to be back talking book of Boba Fett. And with me, as always, is Joe Ash. Joe Ash, how are you? I'm doing great, Trevor. Crazy couple weeks, crazy two episodes. Excited to get into it. Awesome. Yes, I'm super excited too. And with us as well, we have a very special guest, a return, returning guest, the biggest Pedro Pascal fan around. It's Rachel. Rachel, how are you? I'm doing well. What a what a time for me to come back. Yes, just look how that happened. Just a beauty. I love it. It's almost like it was planned. Awesome. So again, this is the Never Seen Star Wars podcast. Thank you for listening. Please remember to subscribe follow along you can follow our instagram at never seen sw we are talking chapters four and chapters five of the book in boba fett uh but before we get into that rachel we haven't talked to you yet at all this season uh we're five episodes into the book of boba fett what have been your uh overall impression of the show so far i like it a lot i don't know what the internet is talking about with this show like they're being so mean for no reason uh it made me care about boba fett like just like the Mandalorian did uh I was not a big Boba Fett fan I didn't get it prior to the Mandalorian I was like oh he's really badass this is cool and then uh this show is my I was talking to my brother today and he pointed out that it is like just showing us Boba Fett's rise to power he used Conan the Barbarian as an example and I was like I'm not getting into that but like he was saying it's like in Conan but we're seeing the rise to power um, and so, yeah, I, I love it a lot. I think it's really interesting. I think Robert Rodriguez is doing a great job along with um, how John Favreau and Dave Filoni have been setting everything up. And yeah, I, I, I think it's fun. I don't know why people are so mad about it. Well, that's Star Wars and it's the internet. <laughs> and if you put those things together, um, people will be angry. People will be angry. I think, I think we got spoiled with Mandalorian season two, where everyone was, most everyone was on the same page. Uh, we've forgotten that uh, Star Wars fans are not the greatest fans. Thank you for listening, everybody. <laughs> but uh, so we'll, you just do the beep, 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 beep throughout that whole last sentence. So we're uh, supposed to talk about chapters four and five here, but I think I really want to focus on chapter five, the return of the Mandalorian. Great title, by the way. But let's just quickly, uh, Joash, chapter four, we get to see uh, the really the backstory of Fennec and Boba Fett. Did you have any any thoughts on chapter four of the book of Boba Fett? Yeah, I think it's we get to see Fennec sort of like land on Tatooine and uh, just kind of, you know, Boba rescuing her, if you will. Um, she's got no guts, right? <laughs> Everything's gone. Uh, finds her like in pieces and gets her 
built back together as a cyborg or at least that's what they call him in the show so um really cool i mean i i guess you know it's it's going through that uh, it's going through that phase where bob is also like sort of reeling from tragic loss and and probably pondering vengeance and then just stumbles upon this deadly assassin and fennec shand uh falling out of the sky <laughs> so you know opportunistic bounty hunter in him is probably like i need to use her to enact this revenge but that's me going a little bit further than <laughs> probably what you anticipated oh that's great uh rachel uh if we talked a lot about cyborgs on this uh this podcast do, do you have any thoughts on if if you uh could have a droid body part what what you would do oh if i could be part of that cool biker gang yes um oh what would i do it's a tough like, question i feel like i would use leg extensions so that i could be taller because i'm not that tall i'm only well i i've been lied to my whole life i'm apparently five three according to my doctor but like um and i thought i was five two so if i could get them and be like oh it's not outrageous if i could get leg extensions and be like five 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 six i'd be happy because that's like a normal height for people um and I think that's what I would like if my if it was like think quick, I mean like like extensions to make me taller. Um, but I did like uh, Sophie Thatcher's arm. I thought that was really cool. Uh, I don't like I I have eye issues, so I really don't like the eye ones because they freak me out. Um, like as someone who has had to have eye surgery because of an eye disability, I'm like that would truly <laughs> traumatize me further. Uh, but yeah, I think, I think the leg, I, I would just go with extensions, just like from like, I my went with shape. leg as well. I went with my yeah. legs as well, but for different reasons, I feel like I could run really fast and like, just get oh, to yeah, a too. lot quicker if I had, uh, you know, bionic legs, but even just looking back on the episode, um, having an interchangeable arm would be really cool. You know, like just always having a set of arms in your in your backpack for different situations that you might need. And then, oh, I need to unlock this door. You could just stick another arm on with all of your keys. I don't know. I think that'd be pretty fun. <laughs> I guess so. You could be like that animal in the sand in the first episode that has just has a bunch of arms. Already. Six arms. Yeah. What do they do with the, what like with the eye thing? Right. What what does that just give you like extra good sight in one eye? Is that assuming you can like zoom in like you could have like. <laughs> like a zoom lens like, you or like it could be like a computer yeah but it'd be like a computer too like i'm sure it has like data on it it's probably like yeah. the mandalorian helmet too like how when like i'm assuming that's what it is um but yeah i just i they would go to do it and i'd be like no i'm like freak <laughs> out um but yeah the i love that little gang that they're all like i just wanted to look cool it's not like they just chose to have all these robot parts because they were like, looks cool. Yeah. They did, however, choose to color coordinate their bikes, which I think is a really, yeah. really badass thing for sure. Listen, people were also mean about that. I love those bikes. I thought they I were fun too. as shit. Yeah. <laughs> it was like they're bright, they're bright red and blue. And I think there was like a gold one. I can't remember, but I was like, they're cool. I like yeah. a lot. All right, so somehow we're going to go back into chapter four here. We, we sort of really sidetracked there, but uh, I think it was cool. I, I've been saying we hadn't had enough Fennec in this show. We were three episodes in and she was barely in it. So it was cool to get more Fennec. And so I was happy for that. Uh, we also got to see Chrysanthemum chugging beers. Um, 
So, you know, a fun episode, right, Josh? Totally fun. Like, I don't know why this struck me. I just got this memory of the Andre the Giant uh, story where he's just sitting there and he's like drank like 32 beers or something crazy in, in just a sitting, the most that any human being has ever drank. And that's what I, I picture when I'm seeing Chrysanthemum there, just getting increasingly more upset with with random patrons in this in the uh, cantina as he's sitting there but um yeah chrysanthemum is just a mean dude like a cool dude but a mean dude and obviously meaner when he gets drunk and and see something that irks him so um yeah i'm glad we got to see more chrysanthemum i think that was one thing that we were talking about we'd like to see this character back we'd like to see him in a bigger role um obviously we don't get much of him in in, in uh, episode five but once we get into it we'll really you know it's we don't need to see Chrysanthemum. That episode is badass in and of itself, but he is a, he is a fun character. I'm excited to see what what happens here. Yeah, Rachel, I imagine you're a Chrysanthemum fan as well. Santi, yes. The minute <laughs> I learned that his name is Santi in the comics, I was just like, I'm sold. I was already sold because he's a hot Wookiee, but like, <laughs> to doubled down on being like, I'm a fan. Um, when I like learned more about him and. Learned- but his name is Santi. Sometimes he's like, ah, I don't, I'm, I go with all these different people. Um, and then he's with Dr. Afra and some of them, I was like, I don't, I'm just very excited for him. Yeah, I love it, him. He's so mean, but it's so fluffy. It's interesting. <laughs> you bring up the attractiveness of a different creature. And we're, I'm going to ask that later about uh, the dating, the dating of a different creature. That's a, a question to come here, but let's dig into, into book of Boba Fett chapter five or should i say mandalorian season three episode one is was that what it was joash that honestly i kind of i guess like what an incredible episode or what an incredible teaser of what's to come for the mandalorian like bryce dallas howard she, she just needs to be handed more projects from star wars because that episode was fantastic uh from beginning to end you're just like wow i'm excited for season three of the mandalorian um and we get the dark saber you know like that is so sick and just something that comes out of canon into onto the screen when we first saw it it was amazing and now we get to see how lethal it is and um how hard it is for him uh uh for din to, din to like even try and control so um yeah incredible episode rachel your thoughts on the on this episode chapter five big picture well so my husband was back it was really fun seeing Din Djarin back back in action. Um, I tweeted it and I stand by it that there is nothing I want more in this world than to be like, is this seat taken when he's like sitting on that commercial airline thing? And it's just like an open seat. Like I would have sat next to that man and been like, what up? Because um, that's my husband. I love him so much. And I loved how much of this episode is proving my point that he is a himbo. Because like, slices his leg open falls down a stair like just is like i'm tired i'm sad i don't know what's going on but i guess i'm just gonna try and figure it out and it's so good and like yes it is technically episode uh one of season three but i i fully believe that disney was like uh there's a lot that we need to explain with din before he goes and helps boba what if we just gave Boba Fett seven episodes instead of six and you guys just have what would have been the premiere of season three and they were like okay and that like that's the only thing that makes sense of why it was all Din. Yeah. but I loved it 
Yeah, that makes sense. And I, and I wonder if I imagine that I haven't checked online what people thought of this episode, but I imagine that if people were pretty high on it. And so I wonder if that just goes to show like, you know, the comparison between the Mandalorian and the Book of Boba Fett, it's just sort of, I think many people would say this is the best episode. I think you could argue between this and, a, and an earlier one, but that's probably why I think where some of the hate is coming. It's just because Mandalorian has set the bar so high for it. Um, so we see the Mandalorian. He's on uh, what appears to be Nedavellir from uh, Avengers Infinity War, this weird planet, this ring planet, and he's got uh, the dark saber, as you said, and he's kicking butt in this whatever it is, meat factory, and he's cutting off uh, this guy's head. Uh, was it fun? Joe, I sure you talked about it, but Rachel, was it fun to see the dark saber back? Um, yeah, I, I liked how this episode set up um, that he's just not, he's not naturally good at it. Because we saw in the finale of The Mandalorian, like, he never fought with it. He just got it from Moff Gideon and then, like, carried it around. So seeing him actually try and fight with it um, and being bad, I liked. Because I was just like, yeah, he's such a badass in every other aspect of his life. I like that he's not good at this thing that is not part of his training and what he's used before. Um, So it was cool to see it in that way. And, like, I liked when the armorer was talking about how, like, you have to let it kind of lead you. And he's like, I am. And he wasn't. Uh, and so I liked the, those aspects of the dark saber since we had seen it um, with someone who knew what they were kind of doing with it. And it explains that final fight with Moff Gideon a little bit better because in the fight, it looked like Moff Gideon didn't know how to fight, which was kind of funny when you were watching it. But now it's like, oh, it's because you know how to use the dark saber, but was trying to fight Din with it. Yes. I noticed that too. Yeah, that's that's interesting that you brought it up. I, I just it's really funny watching Din like just like I guess he's reeling from the loss of Grogu in a way, and I think he's just like pouring himself back into his job and not the the Mandalorian that we've seen who is like well put together over the first couple seasons where he knows what he's doing. He's really very lost. And now like having sort of the title of being a Mandalorian stripped away from him is even more like, I guess, um, you know, impactful on who this person is becoming. So it like just all around this episode has gotten me so hyped for the Mandalorian season three. Like I, I can't wait. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see how much more is in there. But yeah, you talked about that, how he's no longer uh, a Mandalorian, uh, at least according to the armorer. Now, I, I have a just a nit to pick with the Mandalorians and the rules that they have here. And you guys tell me if I'm wrong or not, but the Mandalorian rules are all stupid, are they not? <laughs> well, just that cult, that cult's rule, like the the, yes. the subset that he is a part of is a cult within the Mandalorian ideals, and that cult is stupid. But like Mandalorians in general are like, <laughs> yeah, your cult is dumb. Like, take your helmet off. I don't understand why you haven't. So I think those rules, like the armorer's rules, so stupid. Like, <laughs> why? Yeah. Totally. I mean, he, they took he took off his helmet one time, and they didn't even ask, like, "Oh, why did you take it off?" Right? right? But I know, but they all he said was, 
he took it off twice before, but she just asked, have you taken it off before? He said, yeah, I took it off. And then didn't, no details, nothing going on here, right? Oh, did you just need some fresh air? You there's know, so many rules. On? Like, Trevor, there's so many rules. Like, best car can't be a weapon. It can only be armor. Yes. And, like, you know, yeah. like, it, it's even he has to be struggling with this ideology because now he's trying to figure out where his place is in the world. He's met Bo-Katan, who's already been like, hey, like, you know, the sect you're a part of is maybe they're, it's not what it's all cut out to be. Like, you, you know, so he's figuring this stuff out. He was never born as a Mandalorian and, and you know, kind of adopted into this ideology. So um, I don't blame him, but it must be hard when you've come up you know, at the beginning of the episode, it's you and the only two other Mandalorians that you know of from this sect, and you've just been outcast after fighting to the death with the other guy. So <laughs> well, that's what I'm saying, right? So they have this rule, you have to win the sword, right? So, you, okay, yeah, you can't have Beskar weapons, but we have this sword. And if you have this sword, you can rule Mandalore, but you have to win it from someone else. And there's only three of us left in this group, but hey, Paz Vizsla, I'm going to try and kill you, Din, and take out, so because you know, we, don't, we, don't we don't have enough Mandalorians, let's go down to two. And what is going on here, Rachel? What is with these people? No one that's only three of them left, now two of them. Well, I... I fully believe that the armorer knew that he was like not going to stay with them that much longer like because the way she was acting I was like she knew that he either like took off his helmet or was like questioning them because he, she, he brought up Bo-Katan he brought up like he was bringing up these things that you could tell that she was just like mm, he has too many questions something's not right um and what was really annoying is like it was a fight to the death until Din was about to win. And then it was like, no, stop the fighting. Let John Favreau live. Like, I, uh, -uh. you were waiting until Din was about to die. And then you would have let him die. But because it was the opposite way, he's like, oh, no, 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 no fighting anymore. Like, do you ever take your helmet off? And John Favreau's like, no. And then she says it to Din and he is silent for like, the first three times she asks the question. Um, but yeah, I don't trust that the armor, I don't trust the armor. I think she knew and was like, mm, I don't, I'm gonna like try and kill him off before I have to know for sure. And then when it didn't work out was just like, okay, cool. You have to go wash yourselves in the water of Mandalore that doesn't exist anymore. And then yeah. maybe you can become a Mandalorian again. Right, so what what is their motive? They Do they, they want the dark saber and then they can rule is that is that basically the whole thing or is um, she anti-mando no. i think she's anti not following her version of being a mandalorian and their creed um over like that's why like i think she doesn't like bokatan because she think like she said i believe she was like bokatan tried to ruin the mandalorian way by like taking the dark saber and saying she ruled which isn't what you're supposed to do or whatever um so i think it's she is just like part of a cult and brainwashed into thinking that this is the way this is the way like it's you how you're supposed to do it and if you don't do it that way then that's not the mandalorian way um There's and i don't only think she way, likes right? like yeah yeah and i don't think she likes that din is pushing back against it in multiple ways and it started with grogu and has just continued throughout all of the mandalorian and now into book of boba fett joash uh this paz Vizla man you know, he was so cool in the first season, right? Of, yeah. of, what was he? Season one of Mandalorian? I can't remember. Um, 
but yeah, he just, you could just tell there was so, it was so weird. You could just tell the look on his face, even though he was wearing a mask, you could tell <laughs> yeah. that he was disappointed that, that uh, Mando had the, the dark saber. Yeah. Well, I, he must've thought it was a good, good and easy fight. But when Mando walks in with a burn on his leg from that same saber. So he's probably thinking, Oh, this is the guy I can take out and, and get this dark saber and wield it. And that's proven to be untrue. Um, but yeah, I'm, right, I'm you said interested. you said walked in. He fell in. Yeah, he crawled <laughs> he, he in. He fell in. <laughs> I was expecting another back to tank uh, uh, scene with with the Mandalorian and meeting Boba Fett, but I guess I was proven wrong. We just got like healing spray, like the soccer players use these days. But um, yeah, no, like I that the armor dynamic to me is the interesting piece because by all accounts, I've been led to believe that this Mandalorian is looking out for their greater good and this was the first time in since that since the beginning of the show that i felt like maybe that's not entirely true maybe there's something else to this mandalorian that we're we don't know about or you know her um her, her objectives might be different than what we first anticipated and she might not just be looking out for survival potentially there's a deeper a deeper thing there so um i'm excited to see what that happens there i'm excited to see what happens with the dark saber she respects that weapon a lot for some reason and we haven't really been told why um so that's going to be interesting to uncover as well yeah she seems to be all about tradition so i guess it, it makes sense now before mando does leave he does get one thing they turn that part of that uh beskar uh, spear into something for Grogu, presumably. Rachel, do we have any thoughts on what this is? Armor, or like it would be really cute. I just now thought of it. It's too big, but it would have been really cute if it was like the ball from the ship that he kept stealing. But he just made a Beskar one. But I, it's too big. I think he like made armor for him. But like, yeah, I, that part was always that was so funny to me because she was like, "You, it's only armor that could like, or you can't make Beskar weapons because they can stab through your armor." First of all, it's his weapon, so what does it matter? Like, it's he got it from somebody, and it was his weapon, and it was badass and very hot. One of the hottest moves in all of Star Wars when he kicks that spear around and is like fighting Moff Gideon with it, and then they ruined it. So she was my enemy right there before she got into all of her weird stuff. But yeah, like I think it's a little armor because it wouldn't be a helmet even though it's shaped like him. Yes. Like, <laughs> like the little package is shaped like him, but I think that's just Din being sad. <laughs> Not so much like the actual shape of the gift. He's just seeing Grogu everywhere he looks, you know? He just, yeah. <laughs> it's uh, like Jesus bread when you see Jesus and you've got the bread or whatever it is. It's him with Grogu. <laughs> What if it's just a pacifier? Ooh. <laughs> Giving a 50-year-old you know? a pacifier? Yeah, well, hey, a six-year-old, that is very clearly a newborn, okay? Come on. <laughs> so <laughs> it seemed to guess. be but but the wrapping, let's talk about the wrapping for a second. Okay. That was well done, okay? To make it look like a Grogu, like Grogu, well done. <laughs> Yeah, and it was he great. Held it, he held it and stared at it because he is so sad. Like, I don't understand how sad. Like, I get it. His son is gone, but he is like finding reasons to go and find his son to just have an excuse. He's like, Yeah, I gotta go check on him real quick. I, he, 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 he said he'd be okay, but yeah, like, I gotta go check on him. I got him he's this got, gift. 
he's he's had a taste of being a dad and he can't go back so now he has to go find his child yeah i love it it, it looked like the the thing that they made was a bunch of little pieces i felt like like multiple so i thought like chain mail or my, my roommate mithril. said when we were watching it she thought it was chain mail because okay. they were like they fell like that so in the end, uh, he does leave, though, and he decides to take this, this chartered ship to Tatooine. Uh, interesting to see these charters here. And I have my big question here, Joash, um, as, as we see just tons of people getting onto this charter ship. And I have to ask you, why are there so many people going to Tatooine? You got to find work somewhere, Trevor. You got to find work somewhere, okay? You got, you're not, if you're not going to find it on the inner rim, you're going to find it on the outer rim. So there's people going to Tatooine. There's work to be had. They're literally on a, like a rim. They're, they live on a rim and they're leaving this to go to a sand planet where the cyborgs can't even get work. Not even the cyborgs can get work. No one can get work. Yeah. People are, hey, chaos. Where there's chaos, there's jobs. Where there's jobs, there's money. So like people are looking for money where there's chaos. But honestly, I don't know because these charters are running pretty frequently, right? Like and they have a full operation. There are droids taking your luggage and you're checking stuff in. You're checking all your weapons in. Um, but yeah, I don't know why people are going to Tatooine this frequently. I know I wouldn't be. Rachel, what's the deal? Why, why is this planet that's a desert so popular this time of year? Um, um, so, well, there's a, there's clearly a fun cantina with Max Rebo just like playing it up. And I'm sure they heard about that. But their other option is like a death trap under the city where two Mandalorians are freakily like being little freaks and live in because it's just an open raft that they're on. So like <laughs> you can die and or you can go work in like a meat freezer with like plastic sheets because i'm glad that that's in space still that like they still have those freezer plastic things hanging down um but yeah like i do think it's funny like the way that this episode this episode's so good but the way this episode is set up where he's just like i just happen to be going to tatooine and going to mos eisley because belly moto told me i had a ship there like and and Finnick is just like, where is he? Oh, he's here. That's fun. Like it's like the way that this set up is so kind of like, all right, you just needed to get him to Tatooine, and then you you design this charter ship where a bunch of people are then going. Like you could have had one guy on there, which would have been funnier to have one singular dude on a charter ship to Tatooine, just like gotta go back to that sand planet. And why does he have to check his weapons in? You know, like. <laughs> And then he got him back. So it was just wow. because it's, it's a commercial. It's a commercial. It's a commercial airline, as the robot it's said. So the droid funny. was like, "It's a commercial airline." That's funny. I did love the scene though when he put all he had so many weapons and he puts into the 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 checked his checked luggage there. Very so. Matrix esque, right? <laughs> I liked when he's like the little uh the whistle i i i'm it's like yondu's like arrow thing but oh, it's right. like those like um from, from his wrist there that's yeah, yeah. yeah i yeah. like that he was like one two three like he was like literally like dropping them into the thing <laughs> one at a time and then he's like looking at the dark saber but then also he brought his jetpack onto the commercial airline and i was like how is that not a weapon Right. <laughs> who knows who knows what they're doing here in the in this net net of a leer, uh rip off uh so pelimoto we we we're, we meet her again are you happy to see her back rachel 
am. Amy Sedaris is having so much fun in that horrible wig. She just was like, <laughs> terrible wig. Well, I like because BD, uh, a BD droid. BD we don't know if it was. Yeah. We don't know if it was BD one or just a BD droid was there. And I like that it's just chaos. Like the minute we see her, is just like, it's never a calm situation, which I think is very funny that Din chooses to keep going back to her given that it is always chaos like he's like this is fun um and i like that <laughs> that's who he's trusting yeah for sure and you brought up that moment there where we did have that bd drawer and it came on the screen and i was so excited to see that and it took me a half a second to realize wait what, what is this again what do i know this from jedi fallen order the video game um bd1 we don't know if that's we all we said was bd but uh joe ash were you familiar with this droid and happy to see destroyed oh, yeah. in live action very familiar with bd1 and all the skins in the game but um just seeing a bd droid on screen i, I had the same uh, same reaction i was like i know that is that wally and then it, it struck me that's a bd droid <laughs> so, yeah and then, and then the whole scene from there on in is chaos like you said and you know Pelly's like getting dragged under by this animal and saved at the last minute by din and um we get to see some Jawas, which we'll obviously get into, but just like chaos in this in this uh, garage of hers. Yeah, let's let's talk the Jawas here, Rachel. So <laughs> this is this is why we bring you on uh, to talk about Jawas. So apparently, Pelly has dated a Jawa in the past. They're very furry. She likes to go on. Yeah. Um, thoughts? Would you ever would you ever date a, a Jawa? And where where would your first date location be with a Jawa? What do you think? I wouldn't date a Jawa. If I'm dating any weird creature in Star Wars, it's Chewie. It's a Wookiee. Percent. Uh, Chewie is my Chewie is my boy. That's my favorite Star Wars character. Next to my now my husband Din Djarin. Mm -hmm. Um, which is like that's telling in itself that I'm like this tin can. Sure. Like I, I granted I knew it was Pedro Pascal, but like even when he's just the tin can, I was like the hot. But, uh. The Jawa thing, it's like, listen, I wouldn't go on a date, or I would go on a date with Jawa for the fun. I wouldn't like date a Jawa. Mm. I casual. would be like, I'd be like, take on that weird ass ship that you your you guys have and show me what those egg things are. And then just see what they find. Because I do like that this episode established that a Jawa can find anything. There's like, ah, give me an idea and I'll go find the thing. And so I was like, I like that. Um, and so I'd be like, take me on some date where we have to find some things i just want to see how they do it yeah, yeah scavenger hunts with jawas would be an ideal <laughs> yeah uh i don't know how much more i want to dig into this jawa <laughs> dating here um i feel like it can go uh well that really one cool. jawa was trying to like date her again he and she was it's like true. i'm working on myself okay <laughs> <laughs> I, I didn't know that they were that they were furry though i mean we never actually saw them you actually saw in this episode a little bit of fur coming out of on their wrist there but i don't know if we ever noticed that before i always thought they were sort of a mysterious underneath their their red robes there but uh joe ash uh do you speak jawa ease at all i do not no. okay okay <laughs> I, won't, I won't make it so they, we do get this new ship here uh that that uh pally's making for mando here and at first thought it's it's, it's this really cool uh nabu fighter ship uh well, i was really thought, really happy I to see it. it was a pod race exactly Same. exactly and that racer. was and that was like i almost had that redemption feeling where we were talking about this trevor in previous episodes and i was like the one thing i want to see coming up is a pod racer 
And if it weren't what it is, I would have been heartbroken. Yeah, I hear you. I, that's that's what I thought too. I did think I did think Pod Racer too because it had the two big engines at the front. Um, we do get a little Pod Racing tease though. I believe they as they go through that like canyon and all that. Is that not uh, where they do the Pod Race in Episode yeah. One, The Phantom? Is that, is that right? Yeah, I believe. I I don't, I don't know if it's confirmed as the same area, but it's very eerily similar. Yeah, at least at least they're trying to mirror that. So, but we do get this uh, Naboo ship. Uh, from episode one again, lots of episode one throwbacks here, and it's cool. It's cool. What did you What do you think of those ships, Rachel? The the Naboo, whatever Royal Guard fighter N1. jet. The, the it's Star like fighter. the N. It's the N one yeah. Naboo uh, starfighter. But here's the thing. Yeah, it was really cool. But like Din lives on that ship and goes and like gets bounty. So I don't know. She was like, "This works," and I'm like, "No, it doesn't." Where is he gonna live? You get this little this like pod thing, and she's like, "This is fine for you," um, but like I like the ship. I miss the Razor Crest a lot. I loved the Razor Crest. I thought that was such a cool ship. Um, and then when it got destroyed, I was so upset about it. And so when he he like I like that Din is like, "This is fun. It's really fast. I enjoy this ship. I want a Razor Crest." <laughs> like I like that he's like. I really like this, but I also still want my Razor Crest. Like, I want my ship. I will say, though, I am more excited to see Grogu in a droid port than I am <laughs> yeah. to see Grogu in the Razor Crest again. So, for me, it's like a bit of an upgrade. We get a quicker, sleeker, like, super mm-hmm. cool ship we haven't seen in a long time. He gets to blast in a hyperdrive with just a click of a button with no warming up, which is really cool. We get to see some throwbacks to Star Wars characters we haven't seen in a long time, and some and some uh, some of the fighters as well. But um, I I like the ship, but I get I see what you're saying, Rachel. Like, there's no way he could just live on an N1 starfighter. So that's yeah. gonna be an interesting dynamic for sure. Yeah, but you're right. The 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 spot where they had the astromech droid is perfectly suited. Uh, to fit Grogu. So I think that's almost confirmed there. Uh, when I think of those ships, all I think of is like Anakin going like, let's try spinning. That's a cool trick as he accidentally blows up the droid army, uh, you know. So he does up chest flying and he flies around this podcast, pod, not podcast, pod racer track. Uh, he flies around the commercial ship. He gives the little nod to the little kid Rodian, which is cute there. Uh, but he gets pulled over by the cops. Uh, he gets pulled over by these two uh, fighter pilots here. And we get the return, Joe Ash, of uh, Mr. Kim from Mr. Kim's Convenience. Kim, Kim's Convenience. <laughs> uh, Rachel, are you familiar with the Mr. Kim, Kim's Convenience? Yes, but isn't that also the same guy like from The Mandalorian? Yes, it is. Yes. Okay. yes. I was like, this is just not like a, like, they were like, hey, shout out to Kim's Convenience. But. It's just the way it's that, that Kim's family. So the Kim's convenience, uh, if you don't know, it's a Canadian uh, TV show. One of the only good Canadian TV shows around um, where the father is now an X-Wing pilot and the son is Shang-Chi. So, Shang-Chi. What, so what a family we have here um, doing great things here. But it's just that I would never be able to see Mr. Kim and not not think of uh, a, a Korean convenience store owner. Are you the same way, Joe Ash? <laughs> Very much the same way. Um, very lovable character. And obviously a huge Star Wars fan is just like the actor himself is a huge Star Wars fan. To see him as a recurring character in some of these spinoffs is just really nice. But I thought he had a really funny scene where he's just like, I'm the nice cop. And, you know, like 
hey, I've heard your voice before. <laughs> Dan's just like, peace out. <laughs> just out. So uh, I feel like yeah, the, his lying was so bad. Like he's like, oh, I don't have paper. Birth. like it's like very Han Solo where he's like how are you like he's like I don't I don't have papers I was like, never have Din lie it's like the scanning yeah. of his face thing all over again where he had the helmet on and he was trying to scan his face on it like he can't think quickly <laughs> he's like uh he can only say sorry. I can bring you in warm or I can bring you in yeah. cold that's oh, like that's I loved, his go-to it's <laughs> I did love how cheesy it was where he's like I have one line I haven't done this in a while but I remember it and he nails it delivery is yeah. amazing on that line so <laughs> yeah so he flies away uh it, it was cool again we're cool to see Mr. Kim I bet you we'll see him again uh, throughout whenever they get an x-wing pilot um but so he does he he has the ship he seems fine with it and Fennec shows up saying, hey, we need some muscle. Uh, so he's, she's going to get the muscle. He agrees to it. We'll get into the stuff he's going to do in a moment. But is this it? Or are we expecting? So if Boba Fett's going to war, he needs muscle. Okay, he got Mando. I know Mando's great. He can kick, you know, he killed 10 to 1 people probably. But, I mean, is there is there more to come, uh, Rachel? Is there more to come for Boba Fett's army? Oh, yeah. I think, uh, so he has uh, Persantin um presumably has, yeah yeah presumably he has mando i feel like with mando like yeah i i feel like if, if it comes down to it they can go get bogotan um but mando said my little friend which presumably that means going to get grogu which means you could have luke skywalker uh cobb vanth is just there on tatooine i don't know why no one's like hey let's go get that guy um he's there just hanging out so i do think like it's gonna get down to like din being like let me get my boyfriend cop vamp mm-hmm. he can come and help um but yeah like i i think there there has to be more people like it cannot be being like hey people? i got i brought one like how many more people right like yeah like thing, it could be a vast amount of people from you know a bunch of characters we've seen before and it's really funny that he that Din's just like, I need to go pick up Grogu first. Like that's something I need to deal with first before I come help you out. So like, is it is Grogu gonna be able to like fend mm-hmm. off some of these people? Like, are we gonna see some force out of Grogu as well, which would be really cool? Do we see more Luke? Uh, like what happens there too? Like, I'm really interested in seeing like I, I don't even know, right? Like, what is the next episode? Do we get more Din or is that kind of it? Like, it, it, so I'm curious to see what happens and who we get introduced to. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of questions there. Let's just dig into the the who his Boba Fett's army is going to be. Who's fighting on set? So we know there's Boba Fett himself. He's got Fennec, right? They have a Rancor. Okay, they have two Gamorrean guards. They have a cyborg uh, gang or whatever. They have Mando. They probably will get Chrysanthemum. I mean, I don't see how they don't. Is that enough? Maybe. I feel like they're not going to bring too many more people in. You're right. I, I, Cobb Vanth could be someone, but they they need like numbers. I think like a generic, you know, bunch of red shirts that they can they can bring in there. But that would be what Cobb Vanth brought. Like he would be like, they would go to that town and be like, we need soldiers for this thing, and then that would be like the people of, um, the uh, where he's the marshal. Maybe more Tuscan Raiders is what I imagine. Yeah. Yes. Well, there is. My friend pointed out um, on Padre Pascal that there are Tuscan Raiders that are part of where Cobb Vanth is. Mm. So it could literally just be those Tuscan Raiders. Okay. Ahsoka. 
would be really cool. I don't know how we make that happen. <laughs> oh, hey, cool. hey, Ahsoka, I know you barely wanted to deal with this child Jedi, but can you come and help this war on Tatooine? She'd be like, no, <laughs> it will not. All right, so it'll be interesting to see. And it's yeah, I think Tusken Raiders could work. It's hard to know. I mean, just because Boba Fett was close with some Tusken Raiders, is he close with these other Tusken Raiders? And we know Mando's good with Tusken Raiders, um, but I don't know. So Mando says though, first he's he's in. Doesn't need to be money, bring money, but he has to visit a little friend. He said, right? Is that what the words he used? I have to visit a little he said friend. Little. Okay, so. I think we all assume 99% chance that it's it's Grogu. Now, now, now let me just walk me through the possibilities. What, what would the possibilities be of it not being Grogu? What 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 what, That's what would that be? Would what would that look Bob, like? Bob Vamp is little. Is he little? <laughs> is he little? I like that was my first gut reaction, and my friend made fun of me, and I was like, I don't know, tiny waist. Like I was thinking of like why it would be little um because i was like there's no way they're that they've they did all of that work at the end of season to a mandalorian for it to be like he's too sad to go on he has to go and get grogu already yes yes i mean i don't know josh do you have any thoughts of if this isn't grogu let's just assume it isn't grogu for fun who who could it be it's it's obviously an army of Jawas pining for Kelly, I guess. <laughs> I mean, I'm trying to think of the smallest characters out there. It's gonna be Jawas. It's gonna be Fish Lady. Yeah. <laughs> what about Frog Lady? Frog Lady. Yeah, Frog, frog lady. lady. Yes. There we go. And the and the frog husband. The little He's the little them, eggs, and then the kids. They've hatched, and those are his little friends. He's got a whole army of frog Can you people. Imagine Grogu. Grogu would be sitting there like. The egg is like so mad that they <laughs> so hungry. <laughs> okay, so you asked this, Joe. Next episode, um, are we seeing that if it's going to see Grogu? Okay, I think he's just said to visit. I don't honestly picking him up. I do think you maybe save that for Mandalorian. But are we seeing uh, the Mando going to visit Grogu and Luke Skywalker in the Book of Boba Fett? Is that a thing that's happening? I have a hard time seeing it, to be honest. And it's just mostly because the lead up, like, I almost feel like this is just going to be the last we see of the Mandalorian, honestly. But it's hard because Fennec is there, too. So it's, I don't know. I don't know how I feel about this episode in, in terms of it, like, leading into the longer story of the Book of Boba Fett. Because, like, a lot of the stuff is happening on Tatooine. And we were talking about, will we ever see anything that's not on Tatooine? And this is the first time we've seen, we've been exposed to a planet or a space that isn't on Tatooine. But it has nothing to do with Boba Fett. <laughs> so, uh, I have no idea. Like, I'm, I'm interested in seeing what it ends up being. Like... I would love, believe me, I would love to see Grogu again. I would love to see Luke again. But is it likely? I don't know. Rachel, your thoughts? I think we are for sure seeing Din again. Um, I think they set that up pretty much at the end when he was like, yeah, I'll help because there's no reason for them to say that for this particular battle for him to not then come back. Like if he's like, oh, I, but I did say my little friend first and then just doesn't show up for, I was like, I, it, it feels like, okay, yeah, he's coming back. It might not be in this next episode. This next episode might be like Oba and Finnick going to get other people and like planning their army with like seven being kind of like how the Mandalorian did. Like we knew when it was going to happen with the big battle and like what was going to happen with Grogu. Um, so I do think like 
he might not be in six, but he would be in seven. I don't know if that means we get to go see the Jedi temple and get to see Luke. I know people want to see a young Ben, but at that point, I think Ben would be what, like six Hard to know. at most. Hard to know, like, yeah. I, I, I don't think he'd be old enough to like, we might see him like run in the background of something or whatever, but um, yeah, I think like, if we don't see Luke, like, and, and we're there, we might see Grogu and like, and maybe Ben Solo, but like, mm-hmm. I think the most we're getting is, is Din coming back either without Grogu and just being like, saw my kid, I'm fine now, let's go. Or like with Grogu and like Luke Skywalker's like, I can't train this child. He's too attached to you. Like the two of you are too sad without each other. Right. Yeah. So that, that's what I think, you know, that he's going to probably be gone. I mean, he shows up in seven maybe, and he's ready to go, ready to fight. And maybe if he does actually go visit Grogu, we somehow see that in Mandalorian season three, episode one, we sort of do a different timeline of thing. It sort of feels weird that it would happen like that, but it just seems like, if we're actually going to visit Grogu at a, you know, a Jedi temple with Luke Skywalker, how is this not in the Mandalorian, right? Like, how is this not a continuation of the Mandalorian story? Um, why is it in the book of Boba Fett? It just, <laughs> it just doesn't make any sense to me. So that's why I'm also open to the possibility that it's not Grogu, but I feel like maybe that would disappoint a lot of people. Um, but it's just, why wouldn't he say, oh, I have to go visit Grogu, right? Or whatever, make it more obvious, right? Visit our little friend, because because Pally. Wait, no, I guess it's Fennec. Not Fennec knows Grogu, right? They hang yeah, out. Yeah, she fought. She fought to. Yeah. I have to, to go visit Grogu, Fennec, yeah. right? And then I'll be right back, right? So you can't say Grogu to Pelimoto because she doesn't know anyone's name. Remember when she was like, <laughs> "Your friend came, but I kicked her out. She can't get in." And then Fennec was like, "It's Fennec Shand," and just like walked down the thing. <laughs> So who knows? That's what I'm just curious about. Um, let's kind of wrap up here as, as we think about this. Uh, I do want to get sort of predictions. Maybe we'll stay away from Mando a little bit because we can't talk about that. But as far as how Boba Fett story, again, this we talked all about, <laughs> all about the Mandalorian for 45 minutes. This is the book of Boba Fett. Um, what is, how is Boba Fett's story going to end here in these last two episodes, Joash? What are your predictions for these final two? Yeah, well, we're obviously ramping up towards this war with the Pike, and I—that's the thing—is like I don't, I don't know if we're setting up this giant war, and I have a feeling that it's going to be a little bit more strategic than than what we've been seeing so far with just like uh, head-on-head warfare. Um, so I think there's going to be a little bit more sneakiness. I think there's going to be some strategy with the Rancor. I think we're going to use uh, the different uh, parts of his entourage right now strategically to to win the war, whatever that looks like, whether it's taking down some sort of like massive weapon as we've seen in Star Wars plenty of times or um, something maybe a little bit different. Maybe we do get to see Grogu at the the end, but um, yeah, I think it's leading up to this war. I think we're gonna see all of these different pieces come together. We're gonna see this giant Wookiee tear shit up, which I'm excited about. But um, yeah, I think that's what, that's the direction we're heading to. It's curious though. We have it's it's interesting though. Like we have two more episodes, so I'm inter- I'm I'm interested in seeing how they break down the this war over two episodes. Yeah, Rachel, what do you think? How do you think these last two are gonna go? Um. Yeah, I agree with uh, Josh. I think, but I do think like with the Rancor and stuff, there there needs to be a third beat 
of them dropping someone into the cage because we got the two where there's no one in there or there's not a rancor in there and they're like the first one was the joke the second one was like we need the prison i think the third one is like the rancor is going to like truly mess somebody up um or like they like are like your rancor's outside i'm not afraid and it's like chrysanthemum or whatever like i think that has to come into play at some point in this battle just because mm-hmm. the rule of three like we've done it twice like the third one needs to be a big one um and i think like that i think what we're gonna end up seeing is like how boba rules because he keeps saying he's like it's all about fairness like he's like i'm not Jabba, I am not the these guys who ruled with fear. Like I'm ruling with, I'm telling you what to do, and if you don't do what I say, like then you've disobeyed me. Like I'm not trying to scare you. I'm just telling you, hey, you do your thing, I do my thing. But if you cross me, that's when there's a problem. Um, and I think that kind of fairness is going to come into play mm-hmm. a bit more. Like he's because the Pikes are now disobeying what he had already told them um and so i think we're going to see badass boba like just tear into them after what happened with uh the tuscans and everything can't yeah. wait here's what i'll build off just off what you said you, you gave me a lot of ideas as you were talking here and that i would think that in, in chapter six you might see them take a bit of a loss at some point maybe they they pikes kidnap uh, Fennec or something like that, hold her hostage. And then somehow maybe the mayor's major domo comes back in and he knows he's like, Oh, I know there's nothing here. I'm coming. I'm going to make a deal. Boba. I know you want to lead out of respect, but Boba, he's had enough. And that's when boom, down you go major domo into the rancor pit there. Cause I feel like he'd be the perfect guy to get torn up yeah. by a rancor. Correct. Yep. Yeah. Uh, do After we think any- getting in a car accident with a bunch of fruit. That's true. That's true. Do we think anyone is going to die in this uh, in this these last two episodes here, Joe Ash? That's interesting. Um, we've seen some death. We have seen some death. The Tuscan Raiders have died, um, but I think anyone big potentially not we might or see little. gamorian 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 guard maybe i was thinking that cyborg too. um but i don't i don't know if we're going to lose any any of the main characters potentially fennec but um maybe not yeah just pigs and cyborgs uh, what do you think rachel um i was worried this whole episode that din was going to die um uh, he's fine. I was really worried that I was gonna have to like go online and be like, well, rip to him, but he's fine. Um, so I think maybe like I don't want Fennec to die because I love Fennec, but um maybe someone they bring in who is like a bigger player, like that could be who we lose, not Boba or Din or Fennec or anyone like that, but maybe like someone like that. Yeah. Talk about if people have backlash towards Book of Boba Fett, if they brought in Mandalorian for chapter five and he died, talk about the backlash that you would get from this show. He doesn't even get it on his own show. He dies in the middle of the season of Book of Boba Fett. I mean, that would be something. (laughs) 
Um, anything else here, Joe, Asher, Rachel, that we haven't touched on or that you want to talk about here uh, before we wrap this up here? Anyone got any? No, I just, I'm, I'm really happy we've seen a BD droid. I think like the, the introduction of some of this non-canon stuff from video games uh, and bringing it into canon is really cool. Um, I'm excited to see what ha- unfolds over the next two episodes. Um, you know, what this war is leading up to be, what this revenge he's a uh, revenge tour he's on a- ends up being because he's obviously ruling Tatooine a lot differently than his uh, predecessors. So um, yeah, it's going to be interesting. Rachel, any last thoughts here? Thank you so much for joining us here. Uh, do you have any last thoughts or anything you want to talk about? I guess maybe I just like that this show recognizes that Din Djarin is a dramatic man and his entrances. Cause I love, when Pelimoto is like, what an entrance after his first entrance, which is just standing in front of those plastic sheets and then just shoving them to the side to like enter into this like meat kitchen. Um, and so like, I, I loved this episode for things like that. Like why I liked Boba in the Mandalorian was because I loved the dynamic that he had where he's like, I am a man of honor, like blah, 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 blah. blah. And then you got Din who, as I've called him, the himbo king of Mandalore, is like, uh, is this Jedi? I don't know where I am. And like, <laughs> does not understand the universe in which he lives in. And so you pair those two together and it works really well. So I'm really excited for the last two episodes because I'm like, great, I'm going to get more of that energy where it's like <laughs> Boba knowing everything and being like, I'm a great leader. And Din being like, I have no idea what I'm doing. They gave me this sword and now I'm a king. Great. <laughs> don't want it um so i wonder if you're... i yield it <laughs> like i yield i wonder as well if uh we will see we're talking about the boba fett's army if we will see more bounty hunters. i was thinking we'd see lots of bounty hunters in this show we really haven't seen mm-hmm. it a lot um but between boba fett chrysanthemum mandalorian they must know other bounty hunters and i think that maybe that's how they could fill out their army and then you could get a fun cast of characters that pretty much does it here uh for the chapter four and five recaps of Never Seen Star Wars. We'll be back in two weeks to talk about six and seven, the wrap up, the book of Boba Fett. Um, thank you, Rachel, for coming on. Great to have you. Thank you. So much fun. I love this podcast. Joe Ash, good to see you too. Good to be here. Yeah, thanks again, Rachel. This is awesome. All right. Don't forget to, if you have any questions or comments, you can let us know at Never Seen SW. Make sure you like and subscribe. Uh, tell your friends share the podcast. We appreciate you listening to this. Goodbye, everybody. May the force be with you.